Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Chemtrade Logistics Income Fund Q2 2020 results webcast and conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you'll need to press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today. Mark Davis, President and CEO. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Ian, and good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for our call today. I hope all of you are staying safe and well. Before I commence the review, I would remind you that our presentation contains certain forward-looking statements that are based on current expectations and are subject to a number of uncertainties and risks, and actual results may differ materially. Further information identifying risks, uncertainties, and assumptions, and additional information on certain non-IFRS measures referred to in this call can be found in the disclosure documents filed by Chemtrade with the Securities Regulatory Authority authorities available at SADAR.com. One of the non-IFRS measures we will refer to on this call is adjusted EBITDA, which is EBITDA modified to exclude only non-cash items such as unrealized foreign exchange gains and losses. For simplicity, we will just refer to it as EBITDA as opposed to adjusted EBITDA, although both of these terms are fully defined in our MDNA. As usual, Rohit, Rohit Bardwaj is on the call today, but like the last one, we're in different locations. Chemtrade, as we explained on our last call, falls under the essential business classification under US state and Canadian provincial orders. As all of our operations have continued, our highest priority has been our employees' health and safety. Our employees continue to follow the measures we implemented, ensuring that they can continue to work safely and supply our customers. To date, the measures have been very effective. I want to start this call by again thanking each member of our workforce for their dedication and outstanding performance during these trying times. On this morning's call, Rohit will provide a brief review of our second quarter results and an update on liquidity. But first, I have a few comments on the general market conditions that prevailed for the quarter. Our Q1 results were relatively unaffected by COVID-19. But at the time we reported on our Q1 results, we indicated that our second quarter would be affected by the pandemic. At that time, we explained that while, that while some of our businesses are not impacted by the effects of the virus, we did expect that our products that serve the oil and gas industries would be materially affected. The big takeaway is that we performed better in the second quarter than we had expected. And as I will outline later, we now expect to generate higher earnings for the year than we had anticipated at the time of the first quarter's report. The parts of our business that we expected to be firm despite COVID-19, in particular, the entire water solutions and specialty chemicals, or WSSC segment, 
performed well. Additionally, the refining industry came back quicker than we had expected. Although results are down from last year, they are better than we expected. On the other side, the fracking industry has not recovered and that continued to have a negative impact on demand for hydrochloric acid. While we continue to pursue chlorine sales, it takes time to develop new markets for chlorine as there's limited demand close to our facility. This meant that our North Vancouver plant operated below capacity for the second quarter, resulting in lower levels of caustic soda sales. Following our hits review, I'll have some comments on the current economic environment for Chemtrade, and to the extent we can, some comments on our outlook for the balance of the year. Rohit. Thank you, Mark. Good morning. I hope everybody is keeping well. Looking first at the aggregate results for the second quarter of 2020, revenue was $347.5 million, a decrease of $49.2 million from 2019. The decrease in revenue for the second quarter is primarily due to lower selling prices and lower sales volumes for hydrochloric acid and caustic soda in the electrochem or EC segment and lower sales volume of regen and merchant sulfuric acids in the sulfur products and performance chemicals or SPPC segment. Aggregate EBITDA for the second quarter of 2020 was $75.5 million compared with $91.3 million in the second quarter of 2019. For the second quarter this year, EBITDA for our operating businesses was $17.7 million lower than last year and corporate expenses were $1.9 million better. As I will outline shortly, the largest shortfall was in the SPPC segment as we expected, largely due to lower refinery utilization rates. Distributable cash after maintenance capital expenditures for the second quarter of 2020 was $31.7 million or 34 cents per unit. As announced on March 11th, effective with our March distribution, we reduced our distribution to 5 cents per unit, making distributions declared for the second quarter 15 cents per unit. Now turning to segmented results for the quarter, SPPC generated revenue of $104 million compared with $126.4 million in 2019. The decrease in revenue in the second quarter of 2020 was primarily due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which resulted in lower sales volumes for regen and merchant acid and sulfur products, partially offset by higher selling prices for ultra-pure sulfuric acid. The most significant factor that negatively affected EBITDA during the second quarter of 2020 was a reduction in demand for regen services. Government orders restricting non-essential travel and people working from home reduced demand for gasoline. Therefore, refineries operated at low utilization rates, which led to the reduced demand for regen services. EBITDA for the second quarter of 2020 was $31.6 million, which was $13.7 million lower than 2019. As a reminder, EBITDA during the second quarter of 2019 benefited from a $2.6 million recovery related to the settlement of an old claim regarding faulty equipment. Our WSSE segment reported second quarter revenue of $113.5 million compared with $115.5 million in 2019. The slight decrease is due to lower sales volume of water solutions products and lower sales volumes of specialty chemical, chemical products, 
partially offset by higher selling prices for water solutions products. EBITDA improved to $27.2 million from the $20.9 million generated in 2019. The improvement was due to higher margins for water products, which benefited from higher selling prices and lower raw material costs. Our EC segment reported revenue of $130.1 million for the second quarter of 2020, which was $24.7 million lower than the same period of 2019. The lower revenue in the second quarter of 2020 was primarily due to lower sales volume for hydrochloric acid and caustic soda, a decrease of 39% in selling prices for HCL, and a decrease of 15% in selling prices for caustic soda. This was partially offset by a 6% increase in selling prices for chlorine. From an EBITDA perspective, EBITDA of $36 million for the second quarter of 2020 was $10.4 million lower than the same period of 2019. This was primarily due to lower selling prices for both caustic soda and HCL, as well as the effect of operating the North Vancouver facility at reduced rates. Our production rate was constrained by reduced demand for HCL in, in, the, second, in the second quarter netbacks, that is selling price less freight for HCL, were 54% lower uh, compared to the same period of 2019. Maintenance capital expenditures in the second quarter were $12.1 million. Maintenance capex in 2020 continues to be difficult to predict, primarily because of the uncertainty of being able to find contractors to carry out the work due to the pandemic. If we are able to hire contractors, we estimate maintenance capex of between $75 and $80 million for 2020. Excluding unrealized foreign exchange gains, corporate costs in the second quarter of 2020 were $19.4 million compared with $21.3 million in the second quarter of 2019. The lower costs were primarily due to lower incentive compensation accruals. Turning to liquidity, we maintain ample liquidity with US $211 million undrawn on our US $850 million credit facility. We are in compliance with all our bank covenants. As noted on our last call and in our disclosure, we have negotiated an amended covenant package on our senior credit facility, which provides us with additional covenant room over the next two years. As you would have seen on our balance sheet, the June 2021 series of unsecured subordinate convertible debentures with a power value of $126.5 million are now shown as a current liability. There's still almost a year of term remaining on these debentures. However, we plan to redeem them well before maturity and are proactively evaluating refinancing options. Finally, we announced last month that we have established a distribution reinvestment plan that became available with the July distribution. We believe this is an outstanding opportunity for unit holders as it provides a way to accumulate chemtrade units without fees and currently includes a 3% bonus distribution. I'll now hand the call back to Mark. Mark? Thank you, Rohit. As noted on our last call, and subject to all the uncertainties I will discuss, we expect that we will generate sufficient distributable cash, even in this unprecedented year, to satisfy all of our obligations and to sustain our current distribution rate. In fact, on a year-to-date basis, we have already generated 75 cents of distributable cash per unit. The uncertainty of this pandemic continues to make it difficult to estimate future earnings with any degree of specificity. This lack of specificity is what led us to withdraw our guidance earlier in the year. 
Since the chemical industry is an essential industry, our facilities have continued to operate. Our team has done an outstanding job throughout the pandemic, operating safely, overcoming obstacles, and keeping our customers supplied. Similar to last quarter, we have updated the key assumptions affecting our business in this quarter's MDNA. Our current views of these assumptions could be wrong, and we specifically caution that this is a very fluid situation. Our comments are largely based on input from our customers, which can and will likely change over time. Accordingly, the following comments should be taken with extreme care, and given the fluidity of the situation, we will not update these comments until our next MDNA. Last quarter, we indicated that certain of our products, such as water solutions, would not be significantly affected by COVID, while other products, such as regen acid, would be more affected. As we mentioned earlier, this is exactly what we saw in the second quarter. Our water business performed very well, continuing the improvement that started more than a year ago. Our regen business, which serves gasoline refineries, was materially affected by COVID as people drove less, but it was not as severely affected as we had feared. I'll now provide a few more details on the various business segments, starting with our SPPC segment. First, sulfuric acid. Recall that we sell acid to three markets, regen acid to the refining industry, merchant acid to North American general industry, and ultra-pure acid to the semiconductor industry. Ultra-pure acid continues to perform well. Merchant acid may suffer from some reduced demand depending on how robust industrial activity is for the balance of the year. However, I'll direct my comments to Regen since reduced demand for this product risks having the most material effect from COVID. The key for Regen profitability is the operating rate of refineries producing gasoline, or more specifically, alkalate. Last quarter, we had expected that operating rates for refineries in the second quarter would be approximately 35% lower than last year. In fact, refineries did operate at lower rates in the second quarter, but only about 25% lower than last year. Further, we saw an increase in operating rates as the quarter progressed. Last quarter, we had expected operating rates in, the, in Q3 and Q4 would improve from Q2, although still be below 2019 levels. We had assumed that Q3 would be 25% lower than Q3 of 2019, and that Q4 would be 15% lower than Q4 of 2019. We still believe that operating rates will ramp up in Q3 and Q4 and end the year below the 2019 rates, but now expect the difference to only be about 15% for both quarters. In other words, we've actually updated our, our run rate for refineries to be still below last year, but above what we thought at the end of the, of the last quarter. Turning to our EC segment, I'll comment on both of EC's main products, chloralkali and sodium chlorate. While our views on SPPC's profitability has improved, there are some headwinds in our EC segment. From a big picture perspective, you'll see from our updated MDNA assumptions. 
that we now expect to sell about 5% less chlorate and 10% lower MECUs in 2020 than we anticipated at the end of last quarter. First, chloralkali. As noted, the biggest COVID-related COVID COVID effects are from the oil and gas industry. SPPC is affected by refinery operating rates, while EC is affected by activity in the fracking industry. Our last quarter assumption was that we would produce 170,000 MECUs in 2020. We have now reduced this assumption to 155,000 since our operating rates are constrained by low demand for HCL and chlorine. We do expect to be able to resume full production as demand for these products increases, but our assumption assumes that this will not happen until 2021. The other change in our assumption is regarding the price of caustic soda. We now assume that the Northeast Asia spot index for caustic that is instrumental in establishing our selling price for the second half of 2020 will be about $40 US lower than what we had assumed at the end of the last quarter. For the whole year, we expect that the Northeast Asia spot price for caustic soda will be about US $60 lower than what we saw in 2019. As many of you know, our pricing is affected by movements of this Northeast Asia index and this index can move quite quickly and is often quite volatile. We see very little downward risk uh, movement and price movements in this index. We have forecast no movement for the balance of the year, but depending on the macroeconomic dynamics for the two co-products, it is possible to see a significant upward movement before the end of the year. Having said that, we are not assuming that that will happen. Longer term, as we have been saying, we believe that caustic pricing will increase for a number of years as the worldwide economy regains its footing and the macro caustic supply demand balances tighten up once again. Turning to chlorate, a reminder that chlorate is used to bleach pulp. Bleach pulp is used to make paper, but also tissues, diapers, and similar uses. While demand in certain segments is up, other segments, such as copy paper, are down. This has resulted in several mill pulp mills curtailing their production. While this does not affect pricing under our contracts, we do assume that we will now produce and sell about 5% less chlorate this year than we had assumed at the time of our last report. The chlorate industry still operates at high utilization rates. And over time, we expect to be able to replace this volume either in North America or through exports, as North American production is very cost competitive to other jurisdictions. Finally, I want to make some comments about our WSSC segment, in particular, our water products. Not surprisingly, our water products, primarily used to treat municipal drinking water, have seen no reduction in demand. This business continues to experience improved performance over its 2019 results. This is a combination of plants operating well and margins expanding as raw material costs uh, are lower. As I mentioned, we now expect to generate slightly higher earnings in 2020 than we expected at the end of the last quarter. Obviously, 
we were too cautious last quarter with our assumptions and could be so again this quarter. A number of our businesses remain strong despite COVID. However, COVID has affected demand for some of our products. As the effect of COVID recedes, we expect that demand for these products will return to normal. Looking only at this year, the significant areas where we might have been too conservative and which you may choose to monitor include, are North Americans driving more so that gasoline and alcohol production are increasing? Are people returning to their offices and thus driving demand for more fine paper? And is there a combination of North American chlorine HCL demand increase and or caustic, Asian caustic price increases that affects the balance of the year and therefore our profitability of our chloralkali facility? These are all things that could make our assumptions uh, more too conservative. Looking into 2021, as most of you know, we have two significant turnarounds in the third and fourth quarter this year that will affect our earnings this year, but not next. Our North Vancouver chloralkali plant undergoes a significant maintenance turnaround every other year. In 2020, this will occur in the third quarter, probably late in the third quarter. Additionally, one of our refinery customers will take a five-year major turnaround in the fourth quarter of 2020. And so our plant that serves that refinery will also take its turnaround then. Since these two major turnarounds will not be repeated in 2021, and we expect the effect of the virus to be less pronounced, we expect that 2021 will be a better year than 2020. One last point before we take questions uh, is an important point about the defensive aspects of our business. We generally fare better in a typical economic downturn than we fared in 2020. Our hardest hit business has been the regen business. In a typical recession, refining utilization rates don't go down nearly as low as they have this time, as cheap gasoline tends to dampen the effect of reduced economic activity. The sharp decline in demand this time was a result of the severe travel restrictions imposed to reduce the spread of COVID-19. Similarly, the steep decline in demand for fine paper, which resulted in reduced demand for sodium chlorate, was not due to economic recession, but rather the result of a large number of people working from home. There's no doubt that economic downturns will affect us but not to the extent that the downturn caused by the pandemic has affected us this year. Operator, uh, that concludes our remarks, and Rohit and I will be pleased to answer any questions. At this time, if you would like to ask a question over the phone lines, please press star, then one on your telephone keypad. We will pause for a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Joel Jackson. Your line is open. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Hey, Joel. Good morning. I have a few questions. The first question I'd ask is, can you help us ballpark what is the earning sensitivity in SPPC on a quarterly run rate if, you know, plus or minus refinery rates or alcohol rates are 10% plus or minus? So, so Joel, uh, so we, we've said now, uh, I'll caveat something first, that typically our plants produce regen and merchant acid at the same time. So you get into some allocations, et cetera, but, but typically regen is about 
half of our asset business. So it's about 40, 40% of SPPC's regen. Regen tends to be a very high variable margin business. So the main cost for regen is basically natural gas. And you need four MNBTUs of natural gas to combust one ton of spent acid. Gas is at you know two three bucks uh, an MBTU, so it's like ten dollars. So it's a very very low variable cost. There is a freight aspect in some in some cases, but basically what happens is as you have volume dropping off, you do have a big reduction in in, in variable margin. And if you look at what happened in uh, in, in the in, in the current quarter, you'll actually be if you if you go back and see how how the revenue declined and how the EBITDA declined, you'll see about a fifty percent kind of contribution factor, uh, you know, and you can assume well, the most that is coming from, from region. So there is a, a high degree of sensitivity towards uh, refinery utilization running low. Now, it gets a little more complex than that, and I, you know, because uh, Alphalet is used, uh, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a part of a blend of, of chemi- chemistry's use for alkylation, um, is uh, you know so so uh, alkylate sometimes will even if rates go down sometimes they'll use more alkylate because that's the most valuable part of of the chain so so it's not a straightforward answer unfortunately Joel but but all I can say is that that's the one business that is very sensitive to volume more more than most okay. of our businesses. So you're saying about half of the year-over-year decline in the second quarter in SCBC is from the 25 cent reduction in, in refinery utilization rates, correct? Um, he, he, he didn't say that, but the, but the, 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 the predominant down, the, the, the predominant down quarter over quarter would be would be based on regen, right? Yeah. Not all of it, but but the majority of it. Okay, that's helpful. Um, Turn to, to to WSSC. Um, this business is now. Uh, I guess what I want to get at is. Um, you're now running at an earnings trajectory in this business that would be close somewhere between the 2016 and 2017 levels. Is that what you expect this business to end up this year? Can you hold these margins? Um, and then do you typically see, will we see the drop off in WSSC margin in the fourth quarter that we've seen historically? So uh, the, 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 the first answer is, is we expect this business to continue improving the water business, right? So I, I think that the step change in earnings has, has already occurred, but, you know, we'll keep on blocking and tackling and, and, and you know, and, and growing those earnings. Uh, that's the one answer. The second answer is, yes, this is a seasonal business, and the third quarter for that business will be better than the fourth quarter. And, and then drop off in the board. Yes. Um, okay, that's it for me. Thank you. Thanks, Joel. Your next question comes from the line of Ben Isaacson. Your line is open. Hi, this is Ziad on for Ben. Thanks for taking my question. Um, I just had one quick one on, on the leverage outlook. I think you guys mentioned that um, you're feeling confident that you'll be able to um, at, like cover all of your financial obligations o- over the near term, and I think just one of just a clarification question: Are you? Does that mean you're like? I believe there was some talk about permission to use the revolver, or like if you're allowed to use the revolver to pay down the debentures. So I just wanted to clarify if that's the case. And then also, does that then mean that you're, there's no longer any need to kind of go find financing elsewhere, say capital markets or otherwise? 
And so those, I maybe those, I can those are, yeah, I can answer the leverage question. So when we make that statement that we have enough, you know, resources to fund our obligations, we are generally referring to our day-to-day -day obligations and not necessarily refinancing of debt. Having said that, we are allowed to to dip into our uh, credit facilities uh, based on our leverage levels, and below certain leverage levels, we can draw draw down on the facility. Um, but you know, uh, realis realistically, we will. Uh, realistically, we do have to look at uh, refinancing options that involve raising uh, new money uh, to fully uh, redeem the debenture. Oh, perfect. Thank you. No, that's that's very clear. Thank you. Thanks. Your next question comes from line of David Newman. Your line is open. Morning, Mark Rohit. Hey. Morning. Man. Uh, just looking at um, you know these periods where you kind of can dig down and look for cost savings and whatnot, and you didn't flag it, but I'm just wondering, did you uh, when you went plant to plant or your CO went plant to plant and and on the ground level, were you able to identify cost savings and any of those that might be permanent? So the, so yeah um, yes, but I might answer the question a little differently. It's actually not due to uh, COVID, right, is, is when we brought in Scott, you know, one of the reasons was to get a fresh set of eyes actually on all of our operations. And we've instituted a number, um, it's a big number, so I'll just say a plethora of, uh, of cost-saving cost uh, opportunities. And in aggregate, they will be meaningful and individually, almost none of them are, right? So what we say internally is, is there is no silver bullet here on cost reduction. If there was, we would have shot it. But what Scott and his guys have been able to turn up is a bunch of bronze bullets, and we're going to move them all forward, and it's going to, over time, be a reduction and a sustainable reduction of, of costs. But none of that's due to COVID. That's, that's, you know, is all of our guys continue to go to work, continue to operate. Any, and if any I can just add of amount? If I can add just, I just, sorry, go ahead, David. Any, any sense of amount, like the actual materiality of what you might be able to take out in aggregate? You know, let, let me, let, give me another quarter to work on that, right? Is Remember, he's only been here a year. It's taken this stuff a little while to get up and operating, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and like I say, I have to add up a bunch of them. But in aggregate, it'll be a number actually that we can see, right? And the question is how soon they are, right? Because some of these things take time. Okay. If I can, just, if I can add the one thing, which is, I know your question was uh, framed around cost savings. And uh, in the end, it, you know, I think the big push is to improve efficiency and productivity, which results in expanded margins, whether it's coming from cost or wherever. So it's not just pure like procurement type stuff. This is goes way beyond that and, and gets into productivity across the board, logistics, manufacturing, just basically one end to the others. Just working working better versus slashing costs. Correct. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, and then chlorate, um, I understand, you know, why volume's a little bit weaker now, but did you benefit at all from the early quarter spike in tissue demand? You know, everybody is making a, a mad dash to the store to buy twice toilet paper um, and it seems to have settled down a, a little bit and now we're kind of now we're kind of in the, in the zone of looking at paper demand it, were you able to benefit at all in the, in the quarter on the back of that 
Well, that, that certainly helps, but is, is the, um, and, and I don't have the numbers handy in front of me, but the percentage of chlorate and therefore bleach pulp that goes into paper versus tissue is, I'm going to say 60% of it's paper and 20% of it's tissue or something like that. Yeah, those numbers are wrong, but it's, it's that kind of magnitude. So the, so the increase of one doesn't offset the decrease of the other, right? Okay. And if I can if I can add, we didn't really so in if you look at our chlorate uh, volumes, uh, you know, uh, for the second quarter, we didn't really see any any real drop off. So I think it masked uh, that 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 initial uptick yeah. in in the demand for pulp masked the the down that was happening. So if you look at our volume quarter over quarter, it's basically flat. Q2 this year looks just like Q2 last year, but we have we have updated our assumption, and that is at the you know now we are trying to see the decline due to paper. Okay, and then on a margin perspective, though, um, obviously with with the benefit of FX and then and then uh, pricing taken uh, from a margin perspective, what's the outlook? Volume down, but maybe pricing and FX maybe a little less so beneficial. Yeah, so I think the FX. Uh, pricing, you know, this pricing, it doesn't tend to be like a spot pricing. We tend to have contracts, so pricing is not, you know, something that gets negotiated all the time, but uh, FX is definitely a, a positive factor. So, you know, right now, FX will probably make up for the lost volume on the pro-rate side. Okay, very good. And then um, if I look at, uh, not to beat a dead horse, but if I look at the, not only just water, but also regen, um, you know, people's staycations, you know, RV rentals are, are through the roof, right. um, things like that, Dri just driving activity and things like that. And at the same time, uh, water, people at home, um, you know, water in the summer obviously consume more, maybe pools, who knows, uh, more pools and, and people filling up their pools. Do uh, those, those two segments in particular uh, from just what's going on in society do you think there's a chance that, uh, you know, we're down 15%, call it, right now in driving activity, but maybe in this quarter it looks a little better along with water? Water, water's just, water's fine, right? It, again, there's not a big up there, but actually it continues to, it continues to actually improve from what we had expected. So I, I think that's a net positive is, is the, the, I, I think there's a, our assumptions on regen volume again are based on actually what our customers tell us and what we see and what we you know basically what our customers tell us again we were wrong we were too pessimistic in the second quarter and like i'm going to say we're just not smart enough to know how stay vacations and rvs compare to guys driving to and from the office every day as far as gasoline and thus alkalate usage uh stack up Mm -hmm. is, it, it is, as I said in, in the call speech, is, is if you want to be more positive than what we believe are our conservative assumptions, is monitor whether or not there continues to be an increase on a month-to-month -month basis of people driving, which is what we saw through the, through the second quarter. Okay, and last one for me, guys. Um, as you stand here today uh, and kind of going through, I guess, the worst of the COVID impacts, uh, do you feel that the trough is now in the rearview mirror, pardon the pun, um, and that going forward it sounds like it could be, and I, this is what I gleaned from your comments, Mark, is that things seem to be more perhaps constructive? 
Um, I, I think I, I think that's yes, kind of. Okay, is is I think we're past the trough. And again, a bunch of our products weren't affected. I think we're past the trough in our SPPC segment. Okay, but then you'll have normal seasonality if you remember, right? It's always better in second and third quarter, right? Right, right. Um, is is, is we did say that there's headwinds in our EC segment, right? So I don't think it gets worse than what our assumptions are baked in. Okay, so and I do, the question in my mind is when it gets better. And again, we've assumed that it doesn't really get any better this year. So I don't want to say that we're out of the trough because actually if you look at our assumptions is there's some headwinds in the EC segment in the second half of the year. So, you know, but I think we climb out of that, right? Excellent. Understood. Uh, great results, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Andrea Leno. Your line is open. Hi, uh, good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Just a couple of quick ones for me, or maybe not quick, but the, the, the first one, in the ultra pure asset where you're seeing strength, uh, I, I was wondering, I mean, is there anything there you can do uh, to increase volume, perhaps sell more, add capacity if possible, like any comments there? Sorry, this which product? I missed that. Ultra pure. Ultra pure. Oh, oh, we're basically sold out, right, is the, is the, the opportunity in ultra pure on an incremental basis is to is to improve our reliability because it's, it's it's a very highly specified product. So anytime you're out of spec, you're losing you're losing good sales, and we continue to chip away at that, uh, and then actually continue to move pricing to the extent we can. But we're not sitting on under a major underused underutilized capacity in ultra pure. Uh, can you increase capacity there given the demand? And we're going to try. Um, okay. it, 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 that's a, it's a little flip of a comment. Is is the is there's a number of there's a number of things that are different at different plants that we current that we run that we own that we're looking at to figure out what is the most economically feasible de bottlenecking opportunity. And we think we've identified a couple, but uh, it, it takes a little more time and engineering work. But to the extent we can, we will. Okay, that's great to hear. Thank you. Uh, the next one is just more, I guess, a bit of a housekeeping, but in terms of uh, water volumes were down uh, in Q2, you said, of the product. Is that just a timing thing on shipment? Yeah, so that it, was, it was not significantly down, but the, the volume was, you know, there is a bit of unknowns in that. It depends a bit on weather. It depends on spring runoff. So there are just a few normal things, nothing, nothing unusual, but it was uh, more than made up for by the higher pricing. Uh, great. Thank you. That's it for me. Yeah, thanks. Again, if you'd like to ask a question over the phone lines, please press star, then one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Steve Hansen. Your line is open. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, morning. Just maybe a just the first one. Uh, Rohit, I think you mentioned uh, contractor limitations or the ability to perhaps find some for maintenance turnarounds. Uh, hopefully that's something you can address. But if it's not, you know, is that anything that you expect would impact your operational cadence? No, no. I think uh, the timing may shift a little bit because if we, for example, if we are in a region where there's some big, uh, big uh, other industrial uh, players, and uh, you know, so we may have to shift timings because we shouldn't compete with them for the same uh, pool of contractors uh, because we tend to be the smaller guys in a in a market. So. 
So I think it just may shift a little bit of timing, but but we're not really too worried about it. Okay, that's helpful. Uh, and and just on the water business, you in an earlier uh, question, I think in response to Joel's uh, question in particular on the water side, Mark, you described incremental improvements from here in water. What, what's really going to drive that? Is it is it more of the same, or is there something else that's happening along the way? Um, we're all familiar that you've had the benefits of contract pricing and, and lower feedstock, et cetera. But you know, is there something else that's going to drive that, or that you're targeting, or is it just again more of the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, probably three other things, right? Which, which are, are exciting for us. But an aggregate, you know, when you look at an aggregate, they're not. Is first actually is 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 you all recall we actually constructed uh, a, a pack pack and ACH facility or facilities a number of years ago. Is we continue to find opportunities to actually find additional volumes uh, for those products. And that's actually, you know, capacity we already have, right? So, so that's so that's one. Secondly, is a bunch of these little silver bullets I talk about are actually little incremental uh, efficiency changes at a variety of the water facilities. You know, how we make it, how we schedule, how we fill rail cars or uh, sorry, or trucks, right? And you know, look, and one of the third ones is uh, again is distribution costs. There's projects there to improve distribution costs. So, in b between all of those, we continue to grind away at actually, uh, uh, you know, continuing a pretty good trend of increased profitability in the water business. And it, it just gets incrementally harder uh, once you take a step change like we have. But we'll keep on pushing that envelope. Okay, helpful. And just not not to be too granular, but I'm just trying to understand the forward cadence on there's the regen business in particular. If I'm to understand it, the worst is behind us. Uh, we likely get some sort of seasonal uptick uh, in volumes, as you suggested. But on a year-over-year -year basis, we're still challenged, just given the driving situation. You know, can we think about that in terms of some sort of magnitude? I'm just trying to understand. It sounds like we're going to get some volume benefit, and that's a highly sensitive item, but how should we think about that cadence through the back half here on, on SPCUs in particular? Through the back half of the year. Um, is, 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 we indicated in the, in the call, and I know Marvis in our assumptions too, is that the back half of the year should be about 15% less volume than we had in the back half of 2019. So, you know, so look, there's, there's your potential, but the, the potential upside is it's not down 15, it's down 10, it's down five, but our assumption is we're down 15. Okay. Do keep in mind that, sorry, just do keep in mind that we've said early, uh, all year we've said that we do have a large turnaround coming in, in our right. Richmond facility uh, in, you know, in Q4. So, so yeah, let's, yeah, so that, you've got to keep that in mind too. Okay. No, that's helpful, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks. Your next question comes from the line of Ben Isaacson. Your line is open. Hi, thanks for taking another one of my questions. Uh, sorry, just a quick follow-up. One we were talking about earlier about the um, accessing the capital markets as a potential financing option. Um, if you do go down that path, does that mean the asset sale program kind of goes a bit on the back burner, or is the asset sale still kind of a priority for raising that capital? Uh, the asset sale was, was actually never frankly driven by the need to, to raise capital. So in, in our mind, they're, they're, they're two separate, two separate discussions, right? Is, is one is we need to refinance, you know, those 2021s and, and we'll get that done. Right. 
Secondly, is, is, is the assets that we have for sale, as we said, don't really fit directly into our core competencies or have any kind of synergistic uh, mesh with the rest of our business. And if somebody who's actually more in that business is willing to pay us a price that's value added to, to our running that business is we would sell those assets. And, you know, so, so both of those things are still going to continue. Um, and I appreciate people not asking us about the status of that, but I, as, since we're on this track is they continue to be held as assets held for sale, which means we continue to have a belief that actually those assets will be sold to someone who values them higher than we do. Perfect. Thanks very much. Thank you. There are no further questions over the phone lines at this time. I turn the call back over to the presenters. Great. Thank you all for your time and attention. Stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you all next quarter. This concludes, this concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.